No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. You know, when God makes a promise, He rarely tells us how long it will take. It's while we're waiting that we are often tempted to take matters into our own hands. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 16, right here on Simply the Bible. God had made Abram an incredible promise. Abram wanted an heir. God said, look up at the stars, Abram. If you can count the stars, that's how many descendants you're going to have. Abram probably went home, told Sarah, hey, guess what happened to me today? And Sarah began to think about this. We pick it up in Genesis chapter 16. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. Now God had told Abram that from your own body will come your heir. But he didn't say anything about Sarai. And Sarai, realizing that she was barren, thought, well, maybe I'm not the person. Nothing's happened yet. Maybe Hagar would be the one. Now we think this is crazy, but in that culture, it was actually practiced that uh, a woman who was in the position Sarai had with a an Egyptian maidservant could give her to her husband. He, she would become his concubine and he would have a child by her and that child would ultimately belong to Sarai. It was culturally acceptable, but that didn't make it God's will. And notice here, she doesn't have the sure word of the Lord. She says, perhaps I shall obtain children by her. Up to this point, Abram has been receiving the sure word of God, but now they're going out on their own here, trying to help God out. And that's always a dangerous thing when we seek to use natural means to accomplish the will of God. Verse 2, And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. Then Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife after Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar and she conceived. So Abram is 85 years old. Sarai was 75. Hagar conceived. And it would seem that everything was working out. Sarai's plan seemed to go smoothly. Hagar's pregnant. And uh, it looks like finally the couple is going to have a child. But In reality, this was a detour, and it was a very costly detour. And it's important to realize that the greatest sin here, really, was that Abram, the man of faith, did not trust the Lord to fulfill his promise. Verse 4, And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. So Hagar realizes she's pregnant, she realizes now that truly Sarai was the problem, not Abram. And now she resents having to take orders from Sarai and she begins to despise her. So Sarai said to Abram, my wrong be upon you. 
I gave my maid into your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between you and me. Now, if I had been Abraham at this point, I would be like, wait a minute, wasn't this your idea? Why are you blaming me? And yet it's so true that when our schemes go down in flames, we look for somebody else to blame. That's just human nature. Sarai was upset. The Lord judged between us, Abram. So she doesn't even really want to hear it from Abram. Abram just says, okay, here's the thing. She's your maid. She's in your hand. Do to her as you please. And really, was this right? You know, what Hagar was doing was not right. Abram just didn't want to get involved. Verse 6, and when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. Because Abram didn't deal with it, Sarai dealt with it in her own way. Verse 7, now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Now, the big question is, who is the angel of the Lord? We will see that she actually calls him God. We will also see that he says to her, I will multiply your descendants. Only God could do that. And so we believe that this angel of the Lord is what we call a theophany, a pre-incarnate manifestation of Jesus Christ. This is amazing because here is this Egyptian woman running away from this godly couple, Abram and Sarai, disillusioned with them, upset, feeling mistreated, feeling misunderstood, heading back to Egypt, really. That's where she was going. And who should meet her in the way but the Lord Jesus Christ? How appropriate for the good shepherd to go after the one lost sheep and restore her. Isn't that really what the Lord does? He said, where are you going? And she said, I'm fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. And so the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. I'm sure the last thing on earth Hagar wanted to hear was for her to go back and submit herself to Sarai, to admit that she was wrong for running away and to do what Sarai said, especially when Sarai had been mistreating her. But it was the right thing to do. You know, and sometimes... Doing the right thing is hard. It's not easy to do the word of God. Doing the will of God is not easy, but it's the right thing to do. And when we do the right thing, we do what God tells us to do. He, re he rewards us accordingly. And that's what happened here. The Lord said, okay, Hagar, I know you're a child, but let me tell you about this child. Let me tell you what's going to happen with this child. He said, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitude. Just like what he had said to Abram about his descendants being innumerable. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child, 
and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. Ishmael means God hears. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Doesn't really sound super flattering. He will be a wild man. He'll be against everybody. Everybody will be against him. He'll be against his brothers, you know. And of course, we know that the Arab peoples descend from Ishmael. If you look at their history, that pretty much sums it up. Peoples that have been at war much. And even the Arab-Israeli conflict that we see even to the present day, it was all a result of this. It was all a result of a lapse of faith of relying upon the flesh rather than upon God's promise. And yet, Ishmael would be blessed for the sake of Abram, and Hagar was told this amazing promise by the Lord. Verse 13, Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees. For she said, Have I also here seen him who sees me? Therefore, the well was called Beer Lahairoi. Observe, it is between Kadesh and Beret. Beer Lahairoi means well of the living one who sees. And no doubt Hagar was extremely impressed. This God was completely different from any God that she had ever known in Egypt. This was a God who sees, a God who knew everything, a God who condescended to meet her where she was at in her way and a God who revealed to her the future. And so she named that place. Um, it was a well, there was a well there, a well of the living one who sees, you know, it's so good to know that the Lord knows everything about you. He sees you. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you've done and he still loves you. And do you recognize him as the one who sees everything? God has given us so many promises in his word. And there are things that he speaks to our hearts. There are things he impresses upon us about the future if we're listening. But many times there's a waiting period between when the promise comes and when the fulfillment comes. And it's in those waiting periods that we are tested, that our faith is tested. Let me tell you a story about us. For about 12 years, we met in a shopping center. We leased uh, space there. And then the landlord decided that he was going to remodel the whole place and get rid of our space. At this time, we had purchased property that we'd hoped to build on soon. So we thought, well, we'll just save some money. We moved in with another church, met in the afternoons on Sundays, and then eventually moved out close to where our property is at and rented a school for the next couple of years. While we were there, we found out about some office spaces, modular buildings that uh, a place was getting rid of. And they said that we could have them if we could just move them onto our property. So I talked to our board and we decided, hey, this would save us money. So we moved them on the property, began to make plans for how we could use them, but we still didn't have the money to do anything on it. At the same time, the county began to, how shall I say, they encouraged us that we needed to move them off our property. And then 
it became, you will move this off the property. And we realized that we weren't going to be able to build in time. So we needed to get rid of them. Well, the problem was nobody wanted them. Then we found out that they had tile that had asbestos in it. So the only way that we could demolish these was with hazmat suits. Oh my goodness. All of this took place in the winter. And we were out there with hazmat suits, taking it apart tile by tile. In the process, one of the building collapsed on our worship leader and broke his tailbone. I mean, one thing after another. The happiest day of my life was seeing the last dumpster go away. All this to say that I determined that never again would I build an Ishmael. <laughs> if, if this happens that we are able to build, and I believe we will build, I believe we'll build soon, but it's going to be an Isaac, not an Ishmael. Because anything that we try to do in our own strength just ends up being a disaster. May we learn that lesson. May we learn the lesson of Abram and Sarai, the lesson that they had to learn the hard way, a lesson that, that the world is still dealing with even to the present day of what happens when we don't trust the Lord. And instead, may we trust the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. May God bless you. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet every Sunday morning at 1030 at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. If you'd like to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings, or if you just want to find out more about the church, feel free to go by the website. It's at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. There's also an email address there, and we love to hear from our listeners. Tomorrow we'll see that even though Abram and Sarai took a detour, God would still accomplish His will in their lives. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Genesis on Simply the Bible.